and welcome to the Q York podcast, brought to you from our local church in the beautiful city of York in the UK. The message you're about to hear is from one of our services, which also feature great live music and relevant movie clips. These can all be found on our blog, so to make sure you're getting the full experience, feel free to head over to qyork.co.uk and select blog to find the relevant content. There's also a huge selection of talks and live music videos on our media page, as well as a donate button if you'd like to show your appreciation and enable us to keep producing free content like this. Finally, to stay up to date on new blogs and events at Q, you can sign up for emails by filling in your name and email address at the bottom of any page on the website. But right now, it's time for the message. Morning, everyone. Before we sing the next song, I just wanted to welcome you all this morning and begin with a very short story that I'm going to refer to later on, but I wanted to begin with this here. Very short, but um, it's going to matter later, so have a listen. There was once a bird who lived in a tree. The bird was named Faithful. From the time she was a tiny hatchling, her parents used to sing a song every morning. The song was called Home, but Faithful thought Home was the name of her tree. Even after her siblings fledged and flew away, Faithful never ventured far from the nest. It was all she had ever known through the spring and summer of her life. To her, it was home. Fall came, the leaves changed from green to amber, rust, pumpkin and scarlet. Home has never been more beautiful, Faithful thought. I'm so glad I stayed. One day, gusty winds blew and a hard, cold rain fell. One by one, the leaves flew off the tree. After the storm, Faithful became worried. Home has never been so ugly, she said. She looked up and saw other birds flying. She wondered if she should join them. Would it be safe? Would her tree survive without her? Would she survive without the tree? What would her parents think after providing, after providing such a beautiful nest in this tree called home? To stay or to leave, it felt like the biggest choice she would ever make. One morning, one of her brothers, Adventure, flew in and perched on a bench beside her. I've been looking everywhere for you, he said. It's time to migrate. I don't know what to do, Faithful said. I don't know if I should stay home or leave. Adventure cocked his head. Faithful, I think you're confused, he tweeted. Home isn't the name of your tree. Home is the name of your song. Wherever you sing your song, that is your home. I'm going to, I am going to talk this morning about Q and where I think we are and what it is I think that I see. And it is going to be very personal. I'm going to do my very best not to get emotional, because I want to be really clear. Um, but if I do, just give me a minute, and I'll get back on track. But this is very important to me, and I know it's very important to you. But I think um, my job in this season, I am not the senior leader of Q. Um, I am just in the transition. I said I would help work out with a team what happens next. And I think that because it's a team approach, um, it, it's something I need to be transparent about with all of you, about what I think um, I see in the conversation we've had and where I think we are, because then I think you're part of it too. 
And so I'm not somebody who can just say, we're doing this. That's not my role, and that's not the role I've been given or the role I've taken. Um, or if I'm honest, the role that I think is mine or mine to take. So we are very much in a season here, but I think what is my bit is this bit, to be able to communicate clearly with people where we are, where we've got to, and what I see. So I am going to endeavour to do that. I've got this to hold on to. <laughs> And my notes, which I'm going to stick to because I've spent a really, really long time trying to work out exactly how I want to communicate it. So I'm going to try not to deviate other than for this moment here. So I can't really see anyone. Can I have the lights up just a little, little bit? You could all leave and I wouldn't know. Maybe that would help. <laughs> Thanks. Um, okay, so... I want to start by referencing back to that clip. I think this has made it worse being able to see. Well, actually, no. <laughs> no, keep the lights up, it's fine. Um, I want to start by referencing that clip um, that we just saw from Apollo 13. And I want to start by saying this. Q Church, we have a problem. We have a situation brewing, and anything over what we're currently experiencing, and we'll have impaired judgment, lights off, and a lack of oxygen and blood flow to what we have called Q. We have to find a way to get some square pegs into round holes rapidly. You better go get some coffee, was what he said at the end. Um, now, I have some pictures to show you, because even what I've just said there, some of you might be thinking, what problem? I need to talk you through it, and I hope by the end you might hear me. Um, I've got these pictures to show you this morning, and a massive thanks to Kev, because I saw these as clear as day in my mind about two weeks ago, and he has very wonderfully helped create the pictures, because I think the pictures are going to help you see what I mean. So if you could just put the first picture up for me, please. We were always associated with Ant's ministry as an icebreaker. And actually, um, that, that was our story. That's our history. Some of us have been in that for decades. I mean, decades of time we were an icebreaker. And that was most often expressed in breaking through of the, the status quo of the common Christian narrative. That was who we were. And that expressed itself very much here, and we were led in that and through that. And some of us were on that vessel for every inch of that journey, or for most of that journey. And all of us were at least there for some chunks of that journey. Um, and that was really important and very much tied to him and who he was. And sometimes when we were in that icebreaker, we got it. We got what the task was at hand. We got what we were doing. We were fully conscious of that and sometimes we were missing it but we were still here anyway well the ice was being cut we were there providing an audience even for, for Anth to rehearse this stuff that was coming out of his spirit that he knew he was called to communicate he would often say wouldn't he that he would sometimes practice on us here and, and take it over to America and they would get the version after the one he'd practiced on us and he was always very grateful to us for that because that was his call and his ministry but I think all of us who are still here were present enough to feel it pull and dig and get a bit cold and start to break down some very important things in us and in our life and to find a new flow which became Q and to do a lot of de-icing in our own lives. Um, and for me, I mean, that was life-changing stuff, I know, for a number of us. And it was for me. I was a fundamental Christian who did not know I was a fundamental Christian, the extent of that. I was faithful yet afraid, loved by God and yet made very anxious by the small print and motivated to bring my Jesus to change the world. Um, 
but much turned out to be built on sand when the wrecking balls hit my life. It just, it just did. I just crumbled. Um, and I had to pick over the rubble for years to clear a pathway to a more beautiful gospel, which I found. And I am so glad for that now. But it was really hard, to say the least. Um, but I knew how to pick over the rubble. I was, as I was alongside others, picking over the rubble too and being taught how to find and frame and reframe and discard and rebuild in a way that was less about the, white, the bricks of what we were going to put back, but the wide open spaces, the immensities that Anth referred to in that talk we replayed last week, those wide open spaces left by the demolition of those wrecking balls, but all in need of clearing. And I could... Has my microphone fallen off my ear? Yeah. Is that all right? They're the wonderful human moments, aren't they? Um, I could not have done that without here. And I am just absolutely beyond grateful for that because it was revolutionary for me. And I know a number of you feel the same. Um, and it was not only revolutionary for how I approach my, my faith in God, but for how I approach all areas of my life because we learned how to have an integrity, to ask the questions and to be curious. And all of the current foundations that apply to my life are as a, as a direct result of that process. It holds such value for me that is very real and raw and deeply personal. And in the darkest moments of my life and faith, with all of the parts moving, I told you this would happen, I did warn you. Um, I was not in the hard, cold ice, fully exposed alone. I was on the icebreaker, being led by and alongside others. Um, who, who else is that true for here today? I know it's for a number of you. <laughs> now, I am aware I'm already mixing metaphors. I've talked so far about spacecrafts, icebreakers, and wrecking balls. But this stuff is so hard to articulate without pictures. That's why we've heard before, and I really believe this, Jesus spoke in stories and parables because they really help. But I'm going to keep coming back to the icebreaker. Three things occur to me regularly, and you may resonate with these things. How hard it must have been to be at that nose of that icebreaker for Anthony Chris. How hard to be at the nose, hitting the ice first, full on. Going through it yourself, which they were, at the tip of it and the first point of contact with the ice. We at least had a buffer on that impact. And no wonder they sometimes felt some big hits. And they did. And I witnessed some of them firsthand in recent years. And that was enough. I feel bruised by the witnessing of it. And it's hard to unsee and unhear some things, especially when it's already cold. And then the second thing that occurred to me was, however do people navigate this same journey from a fundamental experience of faith to one that has foundations full of life, the more beautiful gospel, without others to walk them through it? How would you, how would you do that alone? Often icebreakers are used as escorts for other vessels to take them through the ice that the icebreaker itself might have already travelled over numerous times, but keeping the path open for others. And it may not be new ground for the icebreaker. They've seen it before, but each new vessel, the pathway has to stay clear because otherwise other people aren't going to get through. And the third thing that's really been occurring to me and to others for a while we don't want to have left anyone behind in the icy water. 
If they got off the ice-breaking journey at any point, either in the building or out of the building, in the process, and are now shivering in unknown water, not sure how to cut the next bit of the path, what if we've moved on without them? And so my next picture, and why I say we have a problem. Okay. Um, we're plugging holes. The picture, if you're listening, is of the front of the queue icebreaker. It's got loads of holes in. And I think that's supposed to be a representation of me. Thanks, Kev. Is um, basically stressing herself out, trying to make sure every limb available is trying to plug the gaps. Now, some of that's obviously about me and, and, and what I've got to go through personally and how I carry this. But um, I also think it's about us because I do think that the hull of the icebreaker is leaking. We've got some holes, because Q's ability to cut ice is currently compromised because of those holes. Holes left by the people who were at the nose, and the best we had at that expression in York and globally, and that cannot be underestimated, and nor should it. And we have lost other talent in recent years. Some of the singers and musicians who bought quality that we needed to do what we needed to do. Some staff members who invested into apparent little things that are actually really massive big things when you don't have people on staff. And what you've got is people with full-time jobs trying to fit it in around their full-time jobs. It's harder. And there were a lot of things when added together that were just being done every day because of the sheer investment of time. We've lost investors people who saw their gift as their financial contribution, and we've lost attendees. And the expression and cost of quality was a very important part of the ice-breaking nose because that precise, concise, cumulative hit, that sharpness, often in one hour a week, each part counted and each part mattered. I was speaking to someone at work the other day who was trained to be an Ofsted inspector, and when he first trained, he wrote his report and he got feedback and they said, you got 500 words. Every single one of those words have to count and only 200 currently do. And what I was reflecting on um, as I was preparing this is thinking, yeah, everything counted and that's partly because of the precision and excellence we had with everything. You were always going to feel the hit. And, that, and this is sad and I'm aware I'm saying things that are sad. But we sometimes have to take a moment to acknowledge that because I can be Jenny Jazz hands and for as long as I'm plugging in some holes or at least attempting to, you don't see the full force of the holes. We have holes, big holes that we're trying our very best to cover, but it's really difficult. And I remember the, last week on the, the talk again, there was the logo where we amended it to have people passing through. And all of those people may have passed through um, but we've not had replacements in the same way, and that is tricky. So, on purpose, we're docked in the harbour for now, venturing out a little each week to see what we can do in the ocean and to see how we fare and how we hold up. But we're not going too far out for all the reasons that I've explained. So to date, can I say we are precisely cutting ice and are we ready for deeper ocean ice again? I don't think so, not yet. And no one who had a role leading here has a role leading here or speaks on this stage by me saying this. I've checked. Um, because it's not false humility, it's appropriate humility. And I spend hours just holding all of this up in the tension in this interim season, thinking, weighing it up, praying, which I now mostly call listening. Because I don't want to become something less innovating. 
And that's also part of what that picture is. It's an embrace. And I don't want to lose this. And it's painful to hold on, but it would be painful to let go. Now, I'm very conscious that Q, we have a problem, might not be true for you. You may not be here for the cutting edge message part. For you, it might have been more about such things as having somewhere to be, having somewhere to belong, contributing your efforts towards a group endeavor in whatever form that takes, and hearing a perspective about whatever topic is served that week, but with, with little thought given to it. And the cutting edge ice nature of any message is maybe for you mostly peripheral, and I hear that. But I find it hard to understand because of what I said at the start, because for me it was the ice-breaking part that was life-changing, the unique, unmissable, the thing I hold most valuable, central. For me it is the point, because it's the point literally of the icebreaker. It's why we're here, what we're made for. And for me the rest is peripheral, but... I have had to really reflect this week and consider that it's perhaps because I get the other things elsewhere. The part I have only been able to get here is all that I explained at the start. But for some of you, this is your only something else on that list. And I am not minimizing that and don't want to minimize that because I can't accurately quantify what that value has had for you. And you're allowed to love it for that. But I have to acknowledge in this role that that's not our core purpose. So although I'm really delighted that it's done that for you, those things aren't Q's song. And in this role here, I can't say that they are or not mention what the problem is that I see. So the next picture. This time there are holes, but there's a ladder, and there's other people helping. Um, I know many of you care to. I do know that. I do know I'm not on my own, scrabbling around and trying to do this on my own. I know that, and I'm so grateful. I know that a number of you care about the sound and that point and the icebreaker. I know it matters to you too. And I know that icebreaking message part that's linked to that common narrative that needs cutting through, I know that's for you too. Because we can all still be stuck in that fundamental, I've used the word quagmire, that's a great word, like a bog. We can be stuck in all sorts of fundamentalism that we opt to call something else. We all can be fundamental still, and we just put different names on it. That stuff we will not let go of that we're dogged about. And you may say, and I've heard it said, well, does it matter if it's not doing us or them any harm? What makes you think it's not doing any harm when we have fundamental areas in our life that can't be challenged and can't be questioned and that we won't move, won't move from? You may well have struggled to see the harm it was doing to me on face value. And how do we define what's harmful and how do we undo harm? We have all said and done things and had things said and done that cannot be recalled. I have a co-op near work and every time I pop in, um, as I often do for my lunch, um, there's always a recall item on the stand. And I, I, for me, it's bonkers because they're often recalling a sandwich from a week ago. The nature of a sandwich is you eat it straight away. And so I'm like, it's too late now. They've eaten it. And if they come in, all they're going to know is think, oh, well, great, I ate that. It really, really winds me up because it's already gone. And it's become a sign for me about being compliant with regulators in ways that are just not meaningful. I'd rather not know if I ate something last week that might have already killed me. But it, it might give you indigestion. 
Um, you might get serious indigestion and think, oh, that was why. That was why I was ill last week. It was that sandwich. And they put it where you're going to buy the next sandwich as well, which I find fascinating. Um, but and I think it was last week, Anth referred to that verse in Lamentations where it talks about how God's compassion, God's mercy fails not. And he says the actual root meaning of the word was to do with bowels of mercy. And I was thinking about how, it might not have been last week actually, I listen to his podcast all the time, so they all merge into one. It might have been that we, we swallow a lot of stuff in life that we have to work out later. And if there are bowels of mercy, it means anything we're working out now that we swallowed earlier, um, there's mercy for that. And that makes me feel a lot better. So with some of the stuff that might have harmed us and some of the stuff that, we, well, we wish we could recall that bit, um, it's already gone, but we can process all of that now. But it's much easier illusion of safety often if you never change your mind and keep your certainties. Keep swallowing only the stuff that you can stomach. But that's religion, and it's static belief, not dynamic faith. But what if we move too far away from central truths? Yes, that's always possible, and we have to be really mindful of that. And we may make mistakes and have to change our mind. But is it better that we go too far than don't move far enough? What if we don't move far enough, and why are we not more afraid of that? And I've often found that the emphasis is more on what we should be afraid of in leaving the safety of our certain beliefs rather than how afraid we should be of our current beliefs. There are some crazy, crazy common narrative beliefs around Christianity that we should run a mile from. You cannot get away fast enough. And yet we're not afraid of those because we know those and they're familiar. And there's still some things that I want to challenge in that arena and go back for that I think we might not have completely cleared the ice on. But all of this can feel like the lights going off, the certainty going off, what we know going off, what's been going off. And we can lose home, which is the song, remember, the sound, not the building. And I think that's a part of my challenge, because if we make this home as a structure and as a gathering too comfortable, we're this next picture. This one is where we're an icebreaker, but we are basically part of a theme park, and all around the icebreaker, there is a roller coaster. Um, the illusion of going somewhere, but it's only an illusion. People are having a brilliant time when they're present. Much better than when it was cold and icy. Nostalgia that we were once the icebreaker, but now we're just on a different ride. And that might feel better for some, but this picture is my least favorite of all the ones I will show you today. It's not what I want to be in. And I can't lead that even for a season because I find myself only interested in the foundation that's been laid, whilst very aware I can't deliver it. That's quite an interesting dilemma in my life. Um, so picture five, okay? This time we're at sea and we're hitting an iceberg. Looks like a relatively small iceberg, doesn't it? If we keep trying to cut new ice in new territory in our current state with some holes, I don't believe we're strong enough to avoid sinking, Q. There are the holes and there are other potential dangers that may look small, but you may recall I spoke about how it can be what lies beneath the surface in icebergs, what's going without being said. 
And every week we are not saying some of the things I am saying today about the challenges around lacking some gift, some skill, some people, some time, some money that we face in maintaining this and tuning into the sound in a precise way to truly cut through. Okay, next picture. Are you ready? Brace yourself. This is not an announcement, but it is a picture of a, an icebreaker with the word decommission on it. We could, with much consideration and for necessary reasons, decide it's time to decommission the Q icebreaker. Say it made all of its journeys, that it can do well. It did a wonderful job. It's time for it to rest, having completed its mission. Anth referenced in the message status quo versus status quest, how for him there was no more quo. He had done the job of showing what God is not like. So what quo do we see? What are we wanting to cut through if we keep an icebreaker? I'd find it very, very sad. But I think I would propose we call that if the time comes and do that, rather than watch it sink without conscious recognition or decision. Because in that, for me, it would at least have integrity. It would have been whole and undivided. And on that side of the grave that we could accept, something else may resurrect a different vessel, a new call, and sometimes things must die to live again. And don't we see that picture in nature all the time? Oh, there's this final picture for now. Where is the icebreaker with a lot of scaffolding on it? saying refurbishment in process. We could keep the quest of the icebreaker, of showing what God is not like. As it's been done, but nature says the ice returns. Some, of it missed, some people missed it the first time. Do we refurbish? Not a facelift for cosmetic purposes, but to make complete again as a sharp, cutting-edge nose. How? We could start by taking the boat out again and following some key points in the path that the icebreaker made previously. Going back over some of that ground again, not breaking new ice yet, but by revisiting what was already cut through to make sure all have heard it to this point. Would that strengthen the hull? Make us better able to articulate with precision, to broaden our language, to be inclusive of both old money, I'm gonna call it and explain in a minute, and new. We used to have shillings. I didn't. I'm not. I'm too young for that. But some of you still have to convert metrics to older measurements as well. We used to have old language for things that we now have new language for. And if you were caught in that transition bit, you use the old and the new probably and flip between the two. Um, and some things do get lost in translation because what we say is, well, that doesn't speak my language because it can't be truth. Anth had the most incredible gift to talk in new money and old money about God's concepts. It was quite a gift. He would use the most modern video and concept and philosophy and psychology. And then he would also be able to tell you that same truth in a, from a biblical model. So what it did, it covers us all. Those of us who had that and those of us who had that, it was such a gift. And depending on when and where we spent our faith depends on the language we use. And his lifetime in that, both ends made that so wonderfully fluid. Some of us now find that much harder to do. And would this boat ride, this one where we went out and retraced the steps of some of those things, be one anyone would want to join? Those who heard it first time may feel held back. Well, I've done this. 
I want you to go further. And how far back are you going to go, Jen? The things we missed the first time was prob- were probably we don't see ourselves as having missed and certainly wouldn't want to be told we were falling short. And for those who would prefer experiences, would perhaps rather the roller coaster and a monument to queue than more cold. But maybe that going back would reveal and clarify the new questions to be asked, the next bit of the ice, and clear any part that has lingering ice that we still butt against now. So it's felt a bit dark and uncertain, and I still can't see a clear way through, but perhaps in a blackout we did not want, where we're not sure, and in the wake of a previous journey, we could find our home song again, like this clip I'm going to show you, and then I'll come back to wrap up after Danny has sung. This is what he said in that second clip. It was leading me away from where I'm supposed to be, and I'm looking down at that big black ocean. Everything shorts out. Running out of fuel and thinking about ditching in the ocean, and then I look down there, and then in the darkness, there's this green trail. It's like a long carpet just laid out right beneath me, and it was the algae. It was that phosphorescent stuff that gets churned up in the wake of a big ship, and it was just leading me home. If the cockpit lights hadn't shorted out, there's no way I'd have ever been able to see that. So you never know what events are going to transpire to get you home. So what happens next? Do we value the cue song? Do we value the structure? Both. If the next moves we make are only about maintaining a structure by which we keep running the structure without the cutting edge sound, we will be missing the point, quite literally, the ice breaking point. Because this building, this meeting is not the tree, but a principle of adventure, but sorry, Q is not this tree, but a principle of adventure where you know how to apply a cutting edge, Christ-centered approach to wherever you live in the moments of your life. Is that how it builds further? Not in a straight line of who comes into the building and when, but in the shapes and curves of how we apply this to our lives. So change has definitely reached us. Um, It was Ants last Sunday on eight months ago today. And we said we wouldn't rush to a bend, but we are in that bend now and we're going to have to make some decisions. Um, And I heard this final song in passing on Friday night and something about the words caught me. I mean, I do love a metaphor and it is another one because it's called Landslide, a collapse of massive earth or rock from a mountain or a cliff. And it's about change, times of great change. But a landslide also means an overwhelming majority of votes for one party or another in an election. And for me, the sound of Q wins by a landslide over anything else we do at Q. So whatever changes, I want us to hold that. One of the lyrics in the lines is, well, I've been afraid of changing because I've built my life around you. And we build our lives around all sorts of structures and all sorts of beliefs that we're then so afraid to change. But we can change as we get older, learn new things, change our mind and see a new horizon to explore. So what am I asking you to do? I'm asking you to pray, to listen, 
to consider how this has landed with you. And if you also care about the sound, please tell me and let me know the extent to which you'd be up for keeping that cue home song. If we have to change some or all of the structure to strengthen and keep the sound of cue, are you up for that? Or do you have another vision for what's next? Do you feel a call for something that I can't see? And I need to know if you do. And at some point very soon, I need to let go and not be that person clinging onto those holes and trust that my churning is simply the fluorescent stuff that gets churned up in the wake of a big ship and it's just leading me home. And perhaps you maybe have to do that too. Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. Now, if you've enjoyed what you've heard today, then we would love to hear from you. Feel free to drop us an email to info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. Don't forget there are blogs and all sorts of media to be enjoyed at qyork.co.uk, which are welcome to browse at your leisure. Until next time, enjoy the quest. <laughs>